on that baggage car. That's the closing scene of the original 1957 version of 310 to Yuma, in which an aggrieved rancher named Dan has formed an unlikely friendship with an outlaw named Ben. And the scene that you're hearing, it takes place on a train in Arizona territory in the 1880s. It's a world away from Cuba, where the movie may have, and I emphasize may have, become an integral part of Cuban speech patterns. The word Yuma, and no one disputes this, reveals a lot about the way Cubans see waves of foreigners coming to the country ever since Raul Castro and Barack Obama normalized relations in 2015. So when you take the train, call the 310 to Yuma, and leave the things you love, you leave with a silent Though you've got no reason to go there And there ain't a soul that you know there When the 310 to Yuma whistles its sad refrain Take that train Take that train Okay, so what does a somewhat cultish 1950s Hollywood Western have to do with contemporary U.S.-Cuban relations? Well, it's just the kind of thing we investigate on Word Salad. show today is in two parts. Part one is the salad bowl. In the salad bowl, I have a special guest, Diana Chiang Jurado. Diana is a recent graduate of the University of Alberta and a native of Ecuador who's lived in Canada for some time. She's got an interesting perspective, as you'll, as you'll hear, about gringo and a term I'd never even heard before, and we try to figure out what it is, the gri indio. Now, you're wondering what that weird portmanteau is, and we'll get to it in just a second. Finally, the second part, we have our last bites. And last bites is where I look at some of the words circulating around in the culture that seems seem to come out of nowhere, and we figure out what they are, what they might be telling us about the culture, and whether we just want to get annoyed at them or just glory in all their weirdness. Okay, so here we go with the salad bowl. Okay, welcome back to Word Salad. Today, I am happy to introduce 
a new contributor to Word Salad. She's a former student of mine and a an amazing radio producer in her own right. She created a an amazing uh, documentary of the of one of the members of Soda Stereo, which was a, a rock Latino band, and managed to tie this into uh, political and social movements of Argentina in the 1980s. So. Um, I don't want to mess up her name again, like I have before. So I'm just going to introduce her, let her introduce herself. Okay. Hi, Russell. Thank Hi. you for having me here. And uh, yeah, um, Diana, that's my name. Chiang Jurado, my two last names, because as Hispanics, we have two last names. So, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so Diana is here with me today as we're talking about different words for foreigner. And we're trying to puzzle over this mystery. One of our mysteries, of course, was Yuma. And we'll, we'll actually go back to Yuma a little bit. But our other, our other mystery today on Word Salad is the word gringo. Uh, where does gringo come from? Who's a gringo? Is gringo a good thing, a bad thing? Is it neutral? And so I thought, who better to help us work our way through the mystery of gringo and all things gringoness than someone from Latin America who has experience with gringos um, as opposed to your host who is a gringo. A gringo. <laughs> <laughs> gringo, that's right. Although I have been known to pass as a Latino, and that's uh, something maybe we could get into uh, later that makes for interesting Interesting uh, cultural encounters, but before we get to that, let's 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 talk a little bit, Deanna. Why don't you just tell us um, where's the first time? Can you remember the first time you heard the word gringo? Oh, that's a tough one. I probably so well. I grew up studying in a bilingual school, and actually, my principal from elementary school, she was a gringo. Um, her name well, was gringa. a gringa. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> uh, her name was Tracy. And um, probably around those times when I was like six or something, or even younger, because my cousin, she's married to a gringo too, and she lives in New Jersey. So I, I, I have a gringo cousin, a gringa cousin too. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So you're related to gringos? Yeah, okay. I am. <laughs> so in, in Ecuador, when you say someone is a gringo, yeah. what, is, what does that mean? Well, I have the Ecuadorian perspective definition of a gringo and my own. So, uh, okay. so for Ecuadorians, anything who's any person who speaks English and who's white is a gringo. Okay. So, from the Ecuadorian perspective, you have to be white and you have to speak English. Yes, because okay. right. if you speak German even though you're white or you you have blue eyes or blonde, they wouldn't call you a gringo. What would they call a person? Uh, just a German, European okay. German person. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you have your own definition of gringo then. It's so, different from the Ecuadorian. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so there was one time that it was just like, okay, so I keep hearing this word gringo all the time. So I decided to Google it mm -hmm. to see uh, yeah. where did this word comes from. And I, I was telling you before we started recording that I just Google it, and it, it was related to when the Mexicans has the, had this um, war between with the United States. They just said, because uh, the people from the U.S. were dressed uh, green as military, right? And they just knew the word go, for Mexicans would say green go, right? So there goes the green. And that's supposedly where that word comes from. That's one story I know. Right, right. 
So to me, honestly, I don't call gringo anybody that is not, uh, that is, I only call gringo people from the United States, uh-huh. even okay. if they're black. Okay. Oh, yes. yes. You, yeah. call, you call an African-American a gringo? Yeah, to me, uh, it is okay. like that, because okay. to me, gringo, it's only for people who speak English and are from the United States. Okay. Okay. So that, yeah. have you encountered other people who, who share that definition? Uh, some of my friends, some of my friends do. Where are they from? Um, they're from Ecuador, too. Okay. But, right. like, um, depends, I guess it depends on your social class, too. Yeah. Because people uh, from lower social economical status, they will call gringo. Everybody, anybody who speaks English and is white. Is a gringo. It's a gringo, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I've got my own story, I gotta okay. tell you. Okay. <laughs> so I also have heard the word gringo forever, and it's been around for, for centuries, actually. The word gringo is not in any way modern. It's been around for, um, uh, there's the, the first recordings of the word gringo go all the way back to the 17th century. Oh, that's quite Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, but my own, uh, I got my own story about being a gringo and it happened in, in Buenos Aires, um, which is a very European looking um, city. And I was living there and randomly one day I was waiting on a bus and waiting and waiting for this bus that was never coming and um, someone started talking to me and I think we were just killing time and I I said something a bit clearly I had an accent when I was speaking in Spanish and they said oh are, are you a gringo <laughs> and I said no because no one wants to be a gringo it sounds from the from the perspective of, of someone who is uh, American and I'm uh, American. Well, I'm American Canadian. I have, consider myself. I'm born in the United States, but I've been living in Canada for a long time. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I didn't want to be a gringo, and so she said, "Well, then, are you uh, Latino?" And I said, "No." And she said, "But well, look at you. You look Latino. Like you must be Latino." And I said. No. And she said, well, you're either gringo or Latino. And I didn't. And I was like, well, I'm not either of those things. I don't believe in those things. I'm just who I am. And um, (laughs) we got in we got in this fight about it because she was like, well, you're you're not from Argentina. So therefore you are a gringo. And I went, no, no, gringos have to be this certain kind of thing. And I and I my mind got hung up on these stereotypes of the gringo. So I picture when I picture a gringo, I picture this like really large, obnoxious, pasty white American who's just being loud and obnoxious and refusing to speak Spanish and has this this arrogance about him. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. But it turned out after we kind of went back and forth about this and then finally the bus came and we and we got on the bus and we're still arguing about it on the bus. And other people jumped in and they said, no, 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 you don't understand. Because in Argentina, anyone who is a foreigner is a gringo. So therefore you actually are a gringo. And I said, mm. oh, really? Anyone is a foreigner? And they said, yes. And sure enough, I started to see in places in Argentina, throughout Argentina, references to gringos, and they were not Americans at all. In fact, the crazy thing was that a lot of the people who were gringos and actually identified as gringos were actually Italians. And I went, what is going on here? Because like you, I had heard this story growing up. Well, when I was living in Texas, I heard the story, um, which was a very common story in Texas, that 
the Texans and Americans who f- went to war with Mexico in the yeah. Mexican-American War were um, wearing green because they were soldiers, mm-hmm. and the Mexicans were pointing at them and saying, green, like the color green, the yeah. fatigues, go, like go home, gringo, go home. And um, I thought that this is totally bizarre that you'd have that kind of gringo, and then you'd have Argentina where they're mainly calling Italians gringos. So I looked, I looked it up as well, and then I heard another story. Listen to this story. Okay, so the other story that I heard was that it actually does go back, the origin of the word does go back to the 1840s with the Mexican-American War. But back then in the 1840s, soldiers weren't wearing green. They were wearing these fancy outfits. They were often red, white, red, white, and blue. Um, but they were singing a po- the most popular song at the time was a song, Green Grow the Lilacs. Oh, I haven't that, heard that That song. was the name of the song, and it was like a pop song at the time. And so as the American soldiers were marching and they invaded Mexico and they went all the way to Mexico City, people would hear them singing Green Grow the Lilacs. So they heard Green Grow, Gringo, Gringo, and they started calling them Gringos. Green Grow the Lilacs, sparkling with time. I'm lonely, my darling, since the by the next to me, now hope to prove true and change the green lilacs to the red, white, and blue. That's the first time I hear that story. I know. I <laughs> me too. I thought, well, that's wonderful. So that's Green Grow the Lilacs, which in fact was a popular song at the time. But the thing gets even weirder, <laughs> and even the mystery deepens, because in the some of the historical dictionaries that mm-hmm. I found of the Spanish language, they the the word gringo even predates the Mexican American War. It even predates the United States as a country. It goes back to the 16th century in Spain. That's the first mention we have of gringo. And the Spaniards were calling people gringos back in the 16th, 17th century. So why would, I mean, why would, where does that come from? I I don't know. Like, (laughs) I I am surprised. Like, I didn't know. Here's here's a clue. Here's a clue, I think. Um, In English, here's, it could be a coincidence. In English, we have this phrase, have you ever heard this when people say something and you can't understand it? They say it's all Greek to me. Well, we have we have a similar in Spanish, you but do? we don't okay. say Greek. What do you say? We we we, we say uh, that sounds Chinese to me. Oh, Chinese. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the and apparently they they used to in Spain instead of saying Chinese, they said Greek. Oh. Hablar griego. And griego. one of the, so another okay. competing definition or, or story is that Greeks actually did come to Spain, right? Because the Mediterranean, they would show up and the Spaniards had no idea what they were saying. Unlike, for example, the Italians or the Portuguese, where they could kind of make out what they were saying because it's romance languages. Mm-hmm. But the Greeks would show up and they had no idea what they're saying. And they would say, they speak hablar griego, 
And that somehow transformed itself from griego into gringo. Oh. And so, a gr- and, and that particular idea of speaking Greek, griego, somehow worked its way to the new world so that anyone who was speaking a foreign language was speaking Greek, griego. Gringo, and then that turned into a person. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I never thought of so it. So we've like... got, so we've got, so we've got like <laughs> all these different definitions, right? Different diff- definitions of what a gringo is, and then we have all these crazy stories of what, um, of where of where the word gringo comes from. So I don't know if we can resolve it, but um, I wanted to ask you. So even in it sounds like even in Ecuador, mm-hmm. it depends who a gringo is, right? Like that you would, you said you would call, um, well, um, to me, anyone who's from the United States, the United States, is Canadians, it doesn't matter if it's a white Canadian. I personally wouldn't call a Canadian a gringo. Okay. Cause to me, gringos are just people from the U S just from the U S. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting, right? Cause you have like that version of gringo and then we have different kinds of gringos as well. Okay, so let's take a quick musical break here. Since we've been talking about gringos, there's lots of songs about gringos. Here's one from Calle Trece. It's called Gringo Latin Funk. And in this song, you're going to hear a reference to gringa, two references to a gringa. And what's interesting here is that the gringa that's being referenced is actually a Latina, but she is acting like a gringa. So you get a kind of satire about a Latina acting like a gringa. So here we go. Calle 13, gringo Latin funk. Pa' que se le vaya lo de gringa, hay que darle un habano. Pa' que camine como hispano, hay que mancharle los zapatos con fango de la sierra para arrancarle la postura de cheesecake de Inglaterra. Ahí va caminando por Latinoamérica, imitando el caminar de una gringa genérica. No come dulce de leche por el colesterol. Dice palabras en inglés mezcladas con español. Es una gringa wannabe. Ni siquiera sabe dónde queda la capital de su país. Es una imbécil, tiene cerebro de buey. Por eso le dedico a este funk así medio gay como Yamiro Quay. Yo la veo a cada rato como los perros gatos um, sin rumbo. So, are there other terms? I mean, we have... Um, other terms, obviously, for foreigners. What about in, in Ecuador? Do you have you mentioned an interesting one to me? Oh well, yeah, there are terms, but not necessarily to call a foreigner um, okay. that way. But it's more like related to the gringo word and okay. around the United States. Okay. Because because you know how the United States have influenced and uh, somehow Latin America's culture, mm-hmm. right? So um, Yoni will be one of it. So a lot of people from Ecuador will call La Yoni the United States, right? Because... Oh, okay, wait, so you're calling the country... Yoni. La Yoni. La Yoni. And, and how would you spell... How do you spell that? Y-O-N-I. Yoni. Y-O-N-I. So, like Johnny. Like, yeah, but if you were, If you were American, like if I saw that, like as an English speaker... Yeah. I would think it was like Johnny. But is it... But it doesn't come from Johnny, right? It, it, it's like because uh, people there, they don't, like people who doesn't know English, they just say 
United States, right? So like the like United States, like Johnny, and something like that. It comes from there. Okay, so it's not like because okay, when you first said that, when you yeah. said Johnny, I thought they're just taking a common name. Because it's with a Y, not a J, right? Yeah. Oh, it's with a Y. Okay. So not with a J. No. See, I thought it was in the same way that um, in English, for example, you'd say a, a common name for a French, a French person is Pierre. So you'd just be like, oh, it's a Pierre, oh, no, no. Pierre <laughs> over there. You know, like it's just a substitute for any French guy. No. And I thought, I thought that Yoni would be... Like they're basically taking a common American name, Johnny, and calling the country that and name, and calling the country that no, name. No, no. But you're saying no. It's a totally different story. Yeah. It's it's a um, it's a mispronunciation or something. A Spanish mispronunciation. Well, it's a hispaniz. I mean, I guess the technical word for it is a hispanization, yeah. which sounds it sounds vaguely offensive, but it's not. It's like literally taking. A hispanization is taking something from another language and turning it into Spanish in the same way that you can have uh, a Spanish word and you can anglicize it, right? An anglic anglicization. Gosh, that's hard to say. <laughs> An anglicization of a word. So, for example, like, uh, you know, we, take, we have so many French words in, 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 in English, like, a, uh, I don't know. A je ne sais quoi, you know, <laughs> and you just that's a it's an anglicization of a, of a French term. Anyway, so the. Um, Okay, so we're back to Yoni. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Johnny. Johnny. Well, more like Johnny, like hard, harsh on the Y, because you know the Y in Spanish, Johnny, yeah. la Johnny. La Johnny. Yeah. See, it does almost sound like Johnny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it does. We have, okay, so we have our Johnny, which is a hispanization of, again, tell, tell us again, Diana. So it's a um, hispanization of... United States. United so States. and you short shorten the word United States into uh -huh. un, unite Johnny okay. something like that. So uh -huh. that that's where it comes from. Because usually people that use that word, again, it's not um, middle upper class people. It's more mm. like a very popular slang among. Oh, them. it's it's popular slang. Okay. Yeah. Very. Yeah. So, okay. So in this sense, it's it's much like this the. the the story we heard at the top about the Yuma, because Yuma in Cuba was, it was, again, one of these m linguistic mysteries where you have the film 310 to Yuma, which was very popular in Cuba right before the revolution, mm -hmm. which really echoed the Unai, right? And they mm -hmm. had the United Fruit Company, yeah. the United States, and... Uh, that became anything American. Um, interestingly, though, if we compare Ecuador and Cuba, in Cuba, Yuma evolved so that at first it was only Americans. Okay. Right? If you were a Yuma, you were clearly from a person the from the United States of America. That's it. But now anyone who's a Yuma in Cuba is a foreigner. You as an Ecuadorian is, are Yuma. I'm a Yuma. <laughs> Everyone who's not Cuban <laughs> is a Yuma. And to just go to to Yuma is to leave the country. Voy para Yuma. I'm I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm I'm going abroad, basically. That's yeah. slang for I'm going abroad. I'm going to Yuma. Um but Yoni does not mean that. Joni.
I don't know if I'm <laughs> La doing Johnny. this right. La Johnny. La, La Johnny, Johnny is just the United okay, States. Okay, I can say something in Spanish. Okay, it's like It's uh, more like, uh, te vas a La Johnny. Te vas a La Johnny. That means you're going to the United you're States. You're going to the United States. Se fue a La Johnny. He uh -huh. went to the United States. Uh-huh. Now, can you be a, a Johnny? A could I? Yeah, could I be a Johnny? No. It's, because it's, I'm... I'm from the La US. Johnny, but so so can I be a Johnny? No. No. You are gringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but okay, but are there are there other words? Um. So this one is it goes with gringo too. I was okay. just thinking about it. Okay. Um. So the gringo tags. The gringo what? Tags. Tags. Yeah, like tags, like taxes. Um, uh -huh. Yeah, so the gringo tax is when you go to Ecuador and y let's say you bring a friend from Canada or the, because I told you for Ecuadorians, if you look white and speak English, you're a gringo. Right. So if you go to this uh, popular areas in a city or to a small market um, where all this uh, craft, craft stuff, like uh, they have like um, from Ecuadorian culture, like if you go to those popular areas and they and you look gringo, they will charge they will charge you more. So like even for a bottle of water. So if a bottle of water is twenty five thirty cents in Ecuador and you look gringo, they will charge you a dollar for that. And that's called oh you're you're charging me that amount of money because you're charging me with the gringo tax, right? So people just say that the gringo tax. Yeah, the gringo tax, and I actually think it's. It's it comes from that that like um it's it comes actually from people from the United States. I don't think people from my country have come up with that word. I just think uh, um, Americans or uh, English speakers who have gone to the Ecuador they just say they're they they are giving me the gringo tax right. Oh, so Americans that's brought my, in the term. That's like my um that's what I think. Cause yeah. So what happens? Okay, so here's a, here's an interesting question. So what happens if you are Ecuadorian descent, mm -hmm. but born in the born in La Joni? <laughs> <laughs> born so, in La Joni. Yeah, yeah. So your parents are from Ecuador. Yeah. But you're born in La Joni. So you're Ecuadorian descent. You go to Ecuador. <laughs> are you okay? So, so first, <laughs> two questions. I have two questions for you. One, and I think I know what the answer is going to be. The first one: Are you a gringo? And two, I'm going to guess you're going to say no. But as an American citizen, mm -hmm. are you charged the gringo tax? Um, so, first of all, it depends on how you look. To be honest, like if you look, if you are have dark skin and like me, dark hair. And you come, you go to Ecuador, and let's say because you grew grow up, you grew up in the United States. Your first language is probably not Spanish. Like probably you're a heritage speaker of Spanish, but you right. speak English most of the time. Mm -hmm. So people, this is gonna make you make you laugh, I think. So people probably will call you a gringo. What? <laughs> yeah. What is that? A gringo and an indio, you know, because like... Gringo? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Like That's what an a, actual term. That's an actual term, but it's actually not um, a term of endearment or anything. Oh. It's very like, it's kind of rude. It's I rude. Think. Yeah. yeah. So if you were called a 
if you were called a griendio. A griendio, it's like, be? yeah, it's because probably we'll be like, oh, you're coming to Ecuador, you're obviously Ecuadorian, you don't look American or like anything like that, and you, you're trying to to make yourself look like you're more or something. So people, just because you were born there and speak English, some people will call you a grindio. That guy's a grindio. I don't know what he thinks of himself or something like that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So would the grindio be the charge the gringo tax? No, no. No. I mean, it depends on how you look like. I told, I, I think so I still, you. Uh, so it still depends on. So, so you get called. You'll get called a worse name. <laughs> yeah. You'd be called a rude, an insulting name, but you wouldn't have to pay the gringo tax. No, because obviously you don't look gringo, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting. Okay. Um, so wh- how, where did you first I'm, – now I'm really curious about this good Indio. Where did you first hear that term? And, and have, you ever uh, been, have, have you ever been called that? No, I haven't. No. Okay. Because I don't, I always speak Spanish when I go back to uh-huh. Ecuador, and yeah, and and um, the first time was probably in high school, because yeah, because you know high school kids are mean. <laughs> yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was probably in high mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. So and it's I I think it's a very fairly modern term. It's not that old. Right. Well, it's. I mean, it's combining indio, which is that is that term used in Ecuador still? Uh, <clears throat> so indio in indígena, uh, it shouldn't be used like like um, despectively, but sadly, it is like right. when you call someone an indio in Ecuador, it's it's actually because they look indigenous, and it's it's not. It shouldn't be like this, but it is mean, like. So that's why you you mix it up with, so someone that looks like like indigenous but is trying to speak English and it's even worse if you speak like broken English. So yeah, uh, that that will that's what makes people call you a gringo, a gringo. Right. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I feel like it's a this is hilarious. I mean, sadly hilarious, but it's also it also is really interesting historically because it takes us all the way back to what we talked about at the top which is that these misunderstandings for what a foreigner is and the mm-hmm. words we use for foreigners from Canada all the way to the tip of South America have been well they've been misused ever since the, the beginning of the Europeans coming into contact with the native people of the Americas right i mean yeah. it takes us all the way back to the mm-hmm. word indian right being being used to describe a people that were nowhere, nowhere near India, yeah, <laughs> right, and we're still it's, we're still grappling with that, even though we have all these other terms and we have all these different configurations of of foreigners, whether they're foreigners that that can be gringos or Yumas, um, Yankees. We haven't even gotten into that. Um, I think Yankees is very Argentinian, right, and is to refer. To, to U.S. people too. Oh, okay. So you have you have you do people not use that in in Ecuador? No, Yankee. No Yankee. No. Oh, okay. But I I have the vague idea that is an Argentinian word. Oh, um, well, it depends on where you are. Um, again, it it also ties back to the to the Cuba story about Yuma because one of the reasons that 
Yuma disappeared for a long time in Cuban slang. Now it's very common. In fact, I have this great guide I just picked up um, for Havana, and it's a really fun guide to all the cool spots in in Havana. And it says, you know, um, has a few notes about Cuban slang. And it's like, number one, Yuma. You know, if you're a foreigner, you're Yuma. But it disappeared from uh, Cuban slang from the 70s, 60s, 70s, and then got reinserted in the 80s. And that's precisely because of Yankee, because Castro um, wanted to lessen American influence. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he didn't like the influence of American popular culture. So the fact that people on the street in popular slang were calling foreigners Yuma, Mm -hmm. to him, he thought it was a reference to the Hollywood movie, the old Western 310 to Yuma. So he didn't like this. And he said, we're going to call them Yankees. And so you see billboards even today of, of uh, you know, Yankees imperialistas, fuera Yankees imperialistas, you know, the Yankee imperialists. You were in Cuba recently, right? I was. I was just there. Yeah. And, and there's, there's still, still those charts? That's the thing is there's still these billboards about Yankees and, and the sort of caricature of Uncle Sam, oh. you know, being this um, this cartoon character who is pillaging and raping Latin America and is just this um, awful imperialist cartoonish character. And he is a Yankee, you know, a a Yankee. And um, but people don't call. So the official propaganda is I'm a Yankee, Mm -hmm. but no one would call me a Yankee. They call me a Yuma. And I I think that it depends on the country, too, because I definitely heard it in Argentina. And I think it has a political. So we've talked about kind of how these words have different connotations in terms of social class and race, but they also have a political connotation. So Yankee, I think, is the most political one. If you're opposed to the United States or in (laughs) North America or um, specifically United States interventions in Latin America, the shortcut to talk about, to be opposed to that is to call it Yankee. So Yankee imperialism, Yankee this, Yankee that. Um, um, so so yeah. Yankee, is that, does that word come from an, a native, uh, native American language or something? Oh boy. <laughs> Deanna. <laughs> oh I know the song Yankee gosh. Doodle, right? Exactly. So. Oh my gosh, Yankee Doodle, right? Yeah. And, and this is the crazy thing is the first time I was called a Yankee. I thought, no way. No, you can't call me a Yankee because I'm from the South. And the thing okay. about American history is obviously we have this huge divide that we're still dealing with about the divide between the North and the South. Yeah. And in the Civil War, the Southerners, the Confederates, who hated, obviously, you know, went to war against mm-hmm. the North, they called them Yankees. And to this day, if a Southerner uh, doesn't like the influence of the North, they talk about Yankees. So, but but is it like from the English language or is no, it from the Native American language? It's not from either. Oh, man. <laughs> it's not from English. It's not from any Native American language. It's from Dutch. Oh, what? Crazy, right? <laughs> well, okay. So as it turns out... It's a recording. Okay, so as it turns out, um, the Dutch were the first 
Europeans to settle in what is today New York. And there were all sorts of theories about the interaction between the Dutch and the native population there. What kinds of words ended up in Dutch and what kinds of words were were from a different origin. Well, for a long time, people believed that Yankee, in fact, was a native word. But this has been disproven by researchers who've gone back into pirates, the study of pirates. Yes, it has to do with pirates, believe it or not, because the slang for the Dutch pirates who were terrorizing the Atlantic seaboard in the 17th century was just a generic word for a Dutch person. In the same way that we might say, you know, John Smith um, as a way, as a placeholder for just a generic name of a person, the English called the Dutch Jan Kies, which literally means John Cheese. It was just a very common, Jan was just a very common um, first name for a Dutch man, right? Jan. Keys, cheese, they ate a lot of cheese. <laughs> it was just a way to kind of make fun of the Dutch, right? So Jan Keys. Well, there were so many Dutch people in Manhattan at the time, and it was kind of this little isolated settlement of, of Dutch people, that the English started calling them, after they took over New Amsterdam from New York, they started calling them Yankees, 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 Yankees. So then they became the Yankees, right? So then, of course, later, New York gets this baseball team, the Yankees. Yankees become a synonym for anybody from the North, especially the Northeast of the United States. And that's how we get the Yankee. And much like gringo, it just kind of depends on the context of whether it is a point of pride uh, just a neutral description of someone, or it's considered something offensive. So just depends on the context. Um, interestingly, though, of course, how we've talked about hispanizations, Yankee itself has become his, hispanized. So that in Cuba, when you want to talk about American influence and you want to talk about how you're opposed to American influence, you talk about the Yankee, and that is spelled Y. A-N-Q-U-I, Yankee. So again, we have this uh, curious word that turns out it comes from the Dutch settlers and the Dutch pirates in around the 16th to 17th century, corrupted by English people, applied to a whole group of people in the northeast of the United States, then hispanized to Yankee. On that note, I think it's time to hear a little, another take a little musical break so that we can hear the, probably the most famous song using the word Yankee, Yankee Doodle. And this is a traditional patriotic song uh, from the American Revolution. So this was when the, the Yankee now had, had shifted from being a slang for somebody from, for, uh, of a Dutch settler to becoming an American. And Yankee Doodle was one of these Americans, and specifically one of these Americans who um, had become kind of a man about town, shall we say, because he put a feather in his cap and called it macaroni, right? Remember that? Well, that's basically, they're kind of making fun of him because the Yankee Doodle is the guy 
who thinks he's a dude. And actually, believe it or not, doodle, the word dude actually comes from doodle. The Yankee doodle was an American who went abroad. He wore a hat. He considered himself a man of the world. And uh, yeah, I mean, put a feather in his cap and called it macaroni. So here we go, Yankee doodle. And then, then the Southerners take it up as a way to oppose to caricature the Northerners. Then, <laughs> you know, then Latin Americans take it up to call all of Americans Yankees, Yankees. which was really confusing to me. Um, going to Latin America and being called a Yankee because I'm actually from the south. From the south, so the idea that I would be a Yankee was just—I mean, I, I have. Um, you know, relatives from from Virginia who would just mm-hmm. be rolling in their grave that they would be a, a Yankee. I mean, that was Yankee. They were opposed to anything that was uh, a northern influence. So, well, okay. uh, so from... we have our political. So we have our political uh, uh, slang term, the Yankee. Um, we have our term, the Gringo, and we have our Yuma and Yoni, and even we have a, hy- a hybrid term, the Grindio. <laughs> yeah. So my goodness. That's okay. very Ecuadorian, though, like Grindio. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what, um, yeah, it would be interesting to have different people in here to see if there's a, if there's a corollary in uh, other mm-hmm. Latin American countries, because I've never heard that before. I have a lot of Mexican friends. I've never heard them talk about a... Um, Oh, you know what they call Mexican? Okay, so they have this word, um, a similar phenomenon. So you have a Mexican-American, so someone who's of Mexican, purely of Mexican descent, but they are born and raised in the United States. Chicano? That's a Chicano, and that's a point of pride. But if that person goes back to Mexico, Mm -hmm. and the Mexicans see that person, and they come there, and they are acting like they have more money and more class than Mexicans, they're called a Pocho. Have the you ever what? Heard a pocho. P-O-C-H-O. P-O-C-H-O. Yeah. Pocho? Yeah. A Whoa. pocho. And that is, those are fighting words. <laughs> oh. You call someone a pocho, you better be ready to brawl. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but, it, and it's interesting to, to yeah, the, the Chicano uh, is, um, also has a different history because a Chicano is somewhat of Mexican descent, but is trying to play up the solidarity between Mexico and the southwestern U.S. being a kind of a shared zone of Hispanic culture, mm-hmm. right, despite the border mm-hmm. and the proposed very big wall that Senor Presidente is going to put there, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so, um, okay, to... What do you have any? Do you have any last words here on the on the salad bowl about uh, words for oh. for foreigners? Well, um, you also mentioned uh, if are these terms of endearment or oh, are these okay. like not yes. proper terms? Mm-hmm. 
So for for gringo, it all depends on how you use it. In and because it could just be, yeah, he's a gringo, and and that's it. Like nothing. There's just, there's no value attached to it. It's just descript. It's just descriptive. Yeah, but some people could use it very offensively. Like mm. it depends on how you use it, and but um, some I don't know about you. Like you just you mentioned that you don't liked that much being called a gringo. I, I, well, it was it was an education. I didn't at first. It seemed I I don't know why, mm-hmm. but it seemed offensive. Mm-hmm. But then the more I talked to people. I realized, well, it's just a, a word they had for for anyone who's a foreigner. So it's like me being called a Latina. I I don't get offended by that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, so gringo is sort of the same thing. But then again, it depends on how you mm-hmm. use it. And some um, some Americans don't like it. Like I was talking to a Canadian once, and he, and he was very pissed every time somebody called him a gringo in Brazil. Why? Because he thought he was like being put in a box or like being discriminated because of that uh, word okay. or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I don't know because I you have to, you have to tell me about in, in Ecuador, but in a lot of the Latin American countries, the, the Latin American countries I know better. For example, Cuba, Argentina, and Mexico. So many words mm-hmm. for people that are based around their race or ethnicity. Mm-hmm. When you talk about them in English, when you translate them into English, you are you blush. You go, that's offensive, like mm-hmm. it's ter- it's totally offensive. And because often they're 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 mis um, they're mistermed or just not correct. Uh, for example, in um, in in a lot of Hispanic countries, anyone who is vaguely Asian is a chino. Yeah, you know, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter whether they're from Korea, or Japan, whatever. Yeah. They're a Chino, and I noticed in, in in Argentina, anyone who was dark skinned was negro, or black. M- or morocho, Mor- or morocho, yes, yeah. morocho. That's which, how I was called. Which, in which are which is very um, derogatory, but on the other hand, it, it, like you said, the context is so interesting. Because then I started to listen to people who were intimate with one another, and and like the the husband would be would say of his wife, uh, you know, my my negrita, yeah, you know, or you know, like they would they would use this as a and and then people themselves, yeah, who were of like Japanese descent would say, I'm a chino. <laughs> no, you're you're Japones, you're you're, you're <laughs> Japanese, and 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 so I I, I just. Um, I found that maybe there's something about Spanish or the intersection of the Spanish language and Latin American cultures where the names themselves can go either way. Yeah. That's kind of what you're saying. Like it de- totally depends on the context, where in Eng- whereas in English, especially in 21st century Canada, we, we put a lot of emphasis on getting the words right. Yeah. So, Whatever group you're talking about, make sure you use the word that they would use to describe themselves. And it doesn't seem to work the same way in Latin America. America. No, it does not. Mm-hmm. Like you can call, I have a friend who we call him Negrito, Negro. And yeah, and some of my friends even call me Negra mm-hmm. or like China or mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird. But, uh, and you how know. do you feel about that? 
I don't, do that. I don't mind it. Because they're your friends. Mm, because they're using it as a term of endearment, uh-huh. not, not to like hurt my feelings or something. Right. Yeah. But if someone were to say that in a different context, you could find it very offensive. No? Or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it all depends on the context. Yeah. It all depends on where you are. Like I know mm. here it could be very offensive, right? depending yeah people get i don't know people here get offended by different things right yeah (laughs) yes okay well this has been a really interesting conversation i'm so happy to have diana with us thank Um, you and i think diana will probably be back uh in later editions of word salad and but this has been the salad bowl where we talk about how different words influence the way we see each other it's influence our identity and uh, we've talked about different words for foreigners. And um, whether, so whether you're a gringo, a Latino, a pocho, <laughs> a yuma, a griendio, you're all uh, our listeners. And we love to hear you. And we love your uh, feedback. So find us on Facebook. Uh, we're on Facebook or on Twitter. And uh, we'll be back in one more segment with Last Bites. So we're back to Word Salad in our final segment, which we call Last Bites. Uh, Last Bites is normally when Jarrett Mansell and I run down a few words that are really on our mind. And Jarrett's not with me. Um, Jarrett is my my millennial assistant producer who who taps me into all things that the young folks are saying today. And I feel like kind of an old sometimes, you know? Um, I feel like an old because I get online and I see all these abbreviations and TBH, did I say that right? TBH? Yeah, TBH, I don't really know what they mean. Uh, I have to look them up, and I feel terrible because I look them up on on the internet, and then I learn a lot of things. But I thought on Last Bites today, since I'm missing my millennial co-host, I thought I would just kind of run down some of these things that I found out because I get them, I read them, and I don't get them. That's the problem. Okay, so... I'm going to do a little shout out here to uh, Inc. Magazine uh, and a writer, John Brandon, who is a contributing editor uh, editor at Inc. Magazine, because he he listed uh, a few of them that I could not for the life of me figure out what they were. Um, I think the first one that he mentions that I have actually this one I haven't actually heard, but my goodness, I have seen it so many times, and I'm glad I have this word in my life now. You know, because there's some words that you, I don't know how to describe these, but sometimes there are words that you sense that there's a lack of 
there's a lack of a word for something that you see all the time and somebody invents the word and you think, thank goodness, now we have that word. This word, number one, fubbing. All right, so I'm gonna quote uh, Brandon here. Brandon says, I'm reading an early review copy of a book by Sherry, Sherry Turkle and this word comes up a few times. It means someone is talking to you while he or she is texting on a computer. It's a negative term only because it's impossible for most of us to talk and type at the same time. That's fubbing. Fubbing. It sounds sounds kind of dirty, but <clears throat> it's a good word, right? How many times have you seen that? That's that you're trying to have a conversation with somebody and they're texting. Apparently that's fubbing. Okay, so this one, um, I'm going to scroll down and just get to number seven on this list. This one was really interesting. Um, on fleek. I read this. <laughs> You're probably thinking, you don't know what that means. No, I don't. I don't. I honestly, TBH, I really don't know. See, once you start learning these things, you start using them. Um, now, according to Brandon, he says that fleek was used originally in an Instagram post about eyebrows. Yeah, I know. Sometimes these origin stories are, you don't know if they're if they're true or not. You got to run them down and um, that's something we like to do here on this on this on this uh, show. Well, apparently, being on fleek <clears throat> means quote to be on point. Um, in a business context, it means something was well executed and is worthy of acknowledgement. Now, what Brandon doesn't say, and what I found out later, was this is actually from this term comes from African American dialect and sort of. Uh, a slang term that that's when it was originated and so that kind of made me um, wonder a little bit about the origin story which segue to uh, number nine bay b-a-e and uh, that means you know what that means <clears throat> right um, it's your significant other apparently it's fallen out of favor uh, but I hear it also, yet another word that has its origins in African-American dialect. So that made me think of another word that is really on my mind lately, and uh, that word is appropriation, right? Um, you've probably thought about that word. You've probably had conversations about that word, and if you haven't, you probably need to. I've had a lot of conversations about it, and I'm not going to try to uh, encapsulate the uh, some sort of thesis statement about appropriation right now. But just wanted to put it out there because it seems like so many of the words that are terms that are new-ish um, <clears throat> in our lives uh, come from either, I got two theories. It seems like there's two things that give rise to uh, slang words. One seems to be the internet, right? And I mean, not just the internet, but sort of technology uh, that goes around the internet. So I'm thinking about just the first one I mentioned, right? That the idea of fubbing. So somebody's texting you while talking to you. Uh, that's uh, a technological uh, phenomenon. But then the other one is seems like words that come out of hip hop culture, uh, African Amer specifically African American hip hop culture. Interesting that so many of these words come from one or the other. Okay, so let's run down a few more um, 
TBH, like I said, I'm proud of myself. I had to look that one up. I figured it out. Um, yeah. Uh, another one is now here's, okay, here's a good one. Okay. You know, sometimes people think you think something is new, right? Um, you're told that it's, you you discover something and you seem like it sounds to you like it just appeared out of nowhere. That's JK. Uh, JK has been around for at least, at least 30 years. Uh, but here, of course, you look it up on the internet and apparently some people like to think that it is a new abbreviation, a new acronym for just kidding. Um, it's brand new. JK, it's, no, it's been around forever. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that is um, just a few words. Uh, another one um, I got I to gotta throw out there was that I probably heard maybe, oh my goodness, it's probably about been about six or seven years, but when I first heard FOMO, um, I thought, what is FOMO? And at first, you know how sometimes you hear words and they just annoy you because they're new and unfamiliar, fear of missing out, and you resent them, and that was FOMO to me. But then I think it became sort of like one of these words that encapsulated a reality that I was noticing that um, that was out there but lacked a word. So that's FOMO. Okay, so that's a wrap for this week. That This has been Word Salad, where we bring you stories about words and our identity. And we ask whether we speak language or word or whether language speaks us. See you next time. In the meantime, look us up, CJSR Word Salad on Facebook, or send me uh, a message on Twitter. Tweet at me. Tweet at me your words. If you have a, uh, a word you'd like me to look up um, and discuss, uh, I'm always available. And my Twitter handle is Scissortail74. Take care. See you next time. Bye.